0: Hey, this is Andrew Brown from ExamPro, and we are looking at Identity Access Management (IAM), which manages access of AWS users and resources. So now it's time to look at IAM core components, and we have these things called IAM identities, and those are going to be users, groups, and roles. Let's go through those. So a user is an end user who can log into the console or interact with AWS resources pragmatically, then you have groups. And that is when you take a bunch of users and you uh, put them into a logical grouping. So they have shared permissions, that could be administrators, developers, auditors, whatever you want to call that, then you have roles and roles uh, have policies associated with them. That's what holds the permissions. And then you can take a role and assign it to uh, users or groups. And then uh, down below you have policies. And this is a JSON document which defines uh, the rules in which permissions are allowed. Um, and so those are the core components, but we'll get more in detail to all these things. Uh, next. So now that we know what the core components are, let's talk about how we can mix and match them. Starting at the top here, we have a bunch of users in a user group. And if we want to on mass apply permissions, all we have to do is create a role with the policies attached to that role. And then once we attach that role to that group, all these users have that same permission great for administrators, uh, um, auditors or developers. And this is generally the way you want to use IAM when assigning um, uh, uh, roles to users. You can also assign a role directly to a user. Um, and then there's also a way of assigning a policy, which is called inline policy, directly to a user. Okay, so why would you do this? Well, maybe you have exactly one action you want to attach to this user and you want to do it for a temporary uh, amount of time. You don't want to create a managed role because it's never it's never going to be reused for anybody else. There are use cases for that. But generally, you always want to stick with the top level here. A role can have multiple policies attached to it. Okay. And also a role can be attached to certain AWS resources. All right. Now there are cases where resources actually have uh, inline uh, policies directly attached to them. But there are cases where uh, you have um, roles attached to or somehow associated to resources. All right, but generally, this is the uh, mix and match of it. If you were taking the uh, AWS security certification, then this stuff in detail really matters. uh, But for the associate and the pro level, you just need to conceptually know what you can and cannot do. All right. So it's now time to actually look at a policy um, here. And so we're just going to walk through all the sections so we can fully understand how these things are created. And the first thing is the version and the version is the policy language version, if this changes, then that means all the rules here could change. So this doesn't uh, change uh, very often, you can see the last time was 2012. So it's going to be years until they change it if they did make changes, it probably would be minor. Okay. Um, then you have uh, the statement. And so the statement is just a container for the other policy elements. So you can have a single one here. So here I have um, an array. So we have multiples. But if you didn't want to have multiples, you just get rid of the um, the square brackets there, and you could have a single uh, policy element there. Now going into the actual policy element, the first thing we have is Sid. And this is optional. It's just a way of labeling your statements. So Sid probably stands for statement identifier. Um, you know, and again, it's optional. Then you have the effect. The effect can be either allow or deny, and that's going to set uh, the conditions or the uh, the access for the rest of the policy. Um, the next thing is we have the action. So uh, actions can be uh, individualized, right? So here we have I am, and we have an individual one, or we can use asterisk to select everything under S three, uh, and these are the actual actions the policy will allow or deny. And so you can see we have a deny policy and we're denying access um, all to s3 for a very specific user here, which gets us into the p- a principle Now the principle is kind of a conditional field as well. Um, and what you can do is you can specify an account a user a role or federated user to which you would like to allow or deny access. So here we're really saying, hey, Barkley, you're not allowed to use s3. Okay, then you have the resource. That's the actual thing um, that is we're allowing or denying access to so in this case, it's a very specific s3 bucket. Um, And the last thing is condition. And so conditions going to vary based on uh, the um, based on the resource. But here we have one and it does something but I'm just showing you that there is a condition in here. So there you go. That is the makeup of a policy. If you can master master uh, these things, it's going to make your life a whole lot easier. But you know, just learn what you need to learn, right. So you can also set up password policies for your users. uh, So you can set like the minimum password length or the rules to what makes up a good password, you can also rotate out passwords. So that is an option you have as well. So it will expire after x days, and then the user then must reset that password. So just be aware that you have the ability to do password policies. So let's take a look at access keys, because this is one of the ways you can interact with AWS pragmatically either through the AWS CLI or the SDK. So when you create a user, um, and you say it's allowed to have pragmatic access, it's going to then create an access key for you, which is an ID and a secret access key. Um, one thing to note is that users can only have up to two access keys within their account. So down below, you can see that we have one. As soon as we add a second one, that gray button for create access key will vanish. And if we want more, we would either have to, we'd have to remove keys. Okay. Um, but you know, just be aware that that's what access keys are and you can make them inactive and you're only allowed to have two. So let's quickly talk about MFA. So MFA can be turned on per user. uh, But there is a caveat to it where the user has to be the one that turns it on. Because um, when you turn it on, you have to connect it to a device and your administrator is not going to have the device. So it's on the user to do so, there is no option for the administrator to go in and say, hey, you have to use MFA. Um, So it cannot be enforced directly from uh, an administrator root account. Um, but what the administrator can do, if if uh if they want, is they can restrict access to resources only to people that are using MFA. So you can't make the user account itself have MFA, but you can definitely restrict access to um, API calls and things like that. Hey, this is Andrew Brown from Exam Pro, and we are going to do the IAM follow along. So let's make our way over to the IAM console. So just go up to Services here and type in IAM. And uh, we will uh, get to uh, learning this a uh, right out uh, right away. So here I am on the IAM dashboard, uh, and we have a couple things that uh, AWS wants us to do. It wants us to set uh, MFA on our root account. It also wants us to apply an IAM uh, password policy. Uh, so that our passwords uh, stay very secure. So uh, let's take uh, what they're saying in consideration and go through this. Now I am logged in as the root user. So we can go ahead and set MFA. So what I want you to do is drop this down as your root user, and we'll go manage MFA. And uh, we will uh, get to this here. So this is just a general um, uh, disclaimer here to help you uh, get started here. I don't ever want to see this again. So I'm just going to hide it. And we're going to go to MFA here. And we're going to activate MFA. So for MFA, we have a few options available, we have a virtual MFA, this is what you're probably most likely going to use where you can use a mobile device or computer, then you can use a U 2 F security key. So this is uh, like a ubi key. Um, And I actually have an ubi key, but we're not going to use it for this. But it's uh, a physical device, which holds the credentials. Okay, so you can take this key around with you. Um, And then there are other uh, hardware mechanisms. Okay, so but we're going to stick with virtual MFA here, okay? So we'll hit continue. Uh and what it's going to do is it's going you need to install a compatible app on your mobile phone. So if we take a look here, I bet you authenticator is one of them, okay? Um so if you just scroll down here, um we have a few different kinds. I'm just looking for the virtual ones. Yeah, so for uh, Android or iPhone, we have Google Authenticator or Authy uh two-factor authentication. So um, you're going to have to go install authenticator on your phone. And then when you are ready to do so, you're going to have to show this QR code. So I'm just going to click that and show this to you here. And then you need to pull out your phone. I know you can't see me doing this, but I'm, I'm doing it right now. Okay. And I'm not too worried that you're seeing this because I'm going to change uh, this uh, uh, two factor authentication out here. So if, if you decide that you want to also uh, add this to your phone, you're not going to get too far. Okay, so um, I'm just trying to get my authenticator out app uh, out here and I'm going to hit plus in the thing and I can scan the barcode okay and so I'm just going to put my camera over it here okay great and so it is it has saved the secret all right and so it's been added to Google authenticator Now, um, now that I have um, it in my application, I need to enter in two, uh, two consecutive MFA codes. Okay, so this is a little bit confusing. It took me a while to figure this out the first time I was using AWS. The idea is that you need to um, set the first one. So the first one I see is 089265. Okay, and so I'm just going to wait for the next one to expire. Okay, so there's a little um, circle that's going around. And I'm just waiting for that to complete to put in the second one. It just takes a little bit of time here. Still going here. Great. And so I have new numbers. So the new numbers are 369626. Okay, so it's not the same number, but it's two consecutive numbers and we will hit assign MFA. And now MFA has been set on my phone. So Now when I go and log in, um, it's going to ask me to uh, provide additional code. Okay. And so now my root account is protected. So we're gonna go back to our dashboard, and we're gonna move on to um, password policies. Okay. So uh, let's take uh, the recommendation down here and manage our password policy. Okay. And we are going to set a password policy. So password policy allows us to uh, enforce some rules that we want to have on our users. And so to make passwords a lot stronger, so we can say it should require at least um, one upper letter, one lower letter, uh, at least one number, a non uh, non alphanumeric character, Um, enable the password expiration. So after 90 days, they're going to have to change their password, you can have password uh, expiration requires the administrator reset. So you can't just reset it, Uh, the admin will do it for you. Um, allow users to change their own password is something you could uh, set as well. And then you could say prevent password reuse. So uh, for the next five passwords, they can't reuse the same one. Okay, so and I would probably put this a big high number so that a very high chance they won't use the same one. Okay, so um, yeah, there we go. We'll just hit save changes. And uh, now uh, we have a password policy in place. Okay. Um, And so that's, that's how that will be. So to make it easier for users to log into the IAM console, uh, you can provide a uh, customized uh, sign in link here. And so here it has the account ID, or I think that's the account ID, but um, we want something nicer here. So we can change it to whatever we want. So I can call it uh, Deep Space Nine. Okay. And so now what we have is if I spelt that right, I think so. Yeah. Uh, So now that we have a more convenient link that we can use to log in with. Okay. So I'm just going to copy that for later because um, we're going to use it to uh, log in. I mean, obviously, you can name it whatever you want. And I believe that uh, these are just like. like picking like your Yahoo or your your Gmail email, uh, they have to be unique. Okay, so you're not gonna be able to use Deep Space Nine, uh, as, as long as I have it in use, I believe. Um, but yeah, okay, so maybe we'll move on to actually uh, creating a user here. So um, here I am under the users tab in IAM, and we already have an existing user that I created uh, for myself when I first set up this account, But we're going to create a new user so we can learn this process. So we can uh, uh, fill in the name here, Harry Kim, which is the character from Star Trek Voyager. Uh, You can create multiple users in one go here, but I'm just going to make one. Okay, I'm going to give him pragmatic access and also access to uh, the, uh, the console so he can log in. And I'm going to have it auto generate a password here. So I don't have to worry about it. And you can see that it will require them to reset their password when they first sign in. So going on to permissions, uh, we need to uh, usually put our users within a group, Uh, we don't have to, but it's uh, highly recommended. And here I have one called admin for uh, which has administrator access, I'm going to create a new group here. And I'm going to call it uh, developers, okay. And I'm going to give them power access. Okay, so it's not Full access, but it, it gives them a, uh, quite a bit of control within the system. Okay. And I'm just going to create that group there. And so now I have a new group, and I'm going to um, add Harry to uh, that group there. And we will uh, proceed uh, to the next step here. So we have tags, we ignore that we're going to review, and we're going to create um, Harry Kim, the user, okay. And so what it's done here is it's also created a secret access key and a password. Okay, so if if, uh, Harry wants to have programmatic access, he can uh, use these and we can send the uh, an email with the uh, with this information along to him. Okay. And uh, yeah, we'll just close that there. Okay. And then we'll just poke around here in Harry Kim for a little bit. So just before we jump into Harry Kim here, you can see that he has never used his access key. He uh, the last time his password was used was today, which was set today. And there is uh, no activity and he does not have MFA. So if we go into Harry Kim, um, we can look around here and we can see that he has um, policies applied to him uh, from a group. And you can also individually attach permissions to him. So we have the ability to uh, give him permissions via a group, or we can copy permissions from an existing user or we can attach policies direct uh, directly to him. So if we wanted to give him s three full access, uh, we could do so here. Okay. And uh, then we can just apply those permissions. So, just to wrap up this section, we're just gonna cover uh, rules and policies here. So, first we'll go into policies. uh, And here we have a big list of policies here that are managed by AWS. They say they're managed over here. And you can definitely tell because they're camel case and they also have this uh, nice little orange box. Okay. And so these um, are policies which you cannot edit. They're read only, but they're uh, a a quick and fast way for you to start giving access um, to your users. So, if we were just to take a look at one of them, like the EC2 one. Uh, full or maybe just read-only access. We can click into them, and we can see kind of this. So we're on to the IAM cheat sheet. So let's jump into it. So identity access management is used to manage access to users and resources. IAM is a universal system, so it's applied to all regions at the same time. IAM is also a free service. A root account is the account initially created when AWS is set up, and so it has full administrator access. New IAM accounts have no permissions by default until granted. New users get assigned an access key ID and secret when first created when you give them pragmatic access access keys are uh, are only used for the CLI and SDK They cannot access the console access keys are only shown once when created if lost, they must be deleted and recreated again, always set up MFA for your root accounts, users must enable MFA on their own administrators cannot turn it on for uh, each user. IAM allows you uh, uh, you to set password policies to set minimum password requirements or rotate passwords. Then you have IAM identities such as users, groups, and roles, and we'll talk about them now. So we have users; those are the end users who log into the console or interact with AWS resources pragmatically. Then you have groups, so th- that is a logical group of users that share all the same permission levels of that group. So think administrators, developers, auditors. Then you have roles, which associates permissions to a role and then that role is then assigned to users or groups, uh, then you have policies, So that is a JSON document which grants permissions for specific users groups roles to access services policies are generally always attached to I identities. Uh, you have uh, some variety of policies, you have managed policies, which are created by AWS, uh, they cannot be edited, then you have customer managed policies, those are policies created by you that are editable. And then you have inline policies, which are directly attached to the user. So there you go. That is I am.